Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it amazing how much the world can change in just a, sh a few short months? Um, I was looking at how things were a couple months ago when I was here, and then where we're at today, it it's like we're on a different planet almost. Um, in an ever-changing world, we can find ourselves in uncertainty confusion, frustration, and anger with the things that we see today, maybe uh, hurt from the things that we see today. And I, I'm going to read a quote from, it's a fictional character, but I think there's a lot of truth behind the quote, um, especially for today's time. It's, in a dark place we find ourselves, and a little more knowledge lights our way. You think about that, it's, it's hard to know with everything that's going on in the media, what, what do you believe, what do you not believe? Where, where is the truth um, in, in all of what's, what's being portrayed out there? And I, I don't have the answer for that. I don't. The only truth that matters for me is what we find in the Word of God, and I think that that's what we, um, as a child of God, that's what we place our hope in. Um, in these times, we, we might think and consider or want to go back to a time where things were much simpler. My, my kids, for, the, for them, life is simple. It's wake up, play, you know, hopefully, prayerfully, they will listen to their parents as, um, as we go about the day. But it, for them, it is uh, very simple. And when, you, when we start on a journey, I've learned that nothing is as simple as you think it should be. If you're going to go on vacation, you're going to go on any type of road trip or something like that, nothing is ever quite as simple as just getting and going because there's, as you grow and as you have many years of experience, you learn that there's potential for things to happen. Um, there's likelihood for things to happen. You don't just get on a road trip without getting, making sure you have gas. That would be bad idea and making sure that the car is uh, in tip-top shape but a lot of times we can start going on a journey because we of the destination because there's a promise of that destination wherever we're going we know that that's a place worth going to and that's what we desire so we can start down that that road um, then there can be times where you're on that journey and you get hit with something that's a little unexpected and you start to question do I really want to continue down this path? It's costing me more than what I thought, or it's going to take longer than what I thought. And maybe there's detours, U-turns, that are involved that you didn't see or didn't want. When the solution isn't as simple as we want it to be, it can cause a great deal of turmoil and suffering. The solution that I see for the, for the, the world's problems that we see right now is the world needs more of Jesus. John the Baptist mentioned this in John 3, verse 30. I'm going to read it. If you want to turn to where we're going to be, you can turn to Exodus chapter 15. Um, in John 3, 30, it says, He must increase, but I must decrease. So for today, I'd like to, to kind of try to take us back into time a little bit where God's people were in an ever-changing time. The emotions, the experiences would be very similar to, the, to today's time. Experiencing that frustration, the uncertainty, the lack of trust in people. To get there, I would try to 
like us to try to place ourselves in their situation at that time. And I, it might take a little bit of an imagination. I know everybody's got an imagination. May not have, we may get to a point in life where we don't use it as much because things have become routine. But it's amazing what my, my children can do with a box. Their imagination just explodes with the potential. So I know that imagination is there in everyone. So if you would please try to place yourselves back in time here as we look at, at the, the nation of Israel. We will see that God's people went through, we'll see what they went through, and we'll also gain some perspective of what, what God was going and what God was doing for them, to them, with them during that time. See, God was taking his people to a better place. They, they knew that they were headed to a place that was better. They were headed to the promised land. On the journey, God provided for their needs. He was present with them and he protected them. Those are our three points this morning. He provided for them, he was present, and he protected them. Specific, excuse me, specifically, looking right after the crossing of the Red Sea, they had some hardships, some challenges, successes, failures, times of rest, times of work. And as their story picks up in Exodus 15, um, first part of the chapter there is, is the song of, of Moses. This is, they, they've just crossed over the Red Sea and they are praising God because God not only gave them a, a way of an escape, but he also took care of the enemy that was attacking from behind. He had delivered them from the clutches of their former bondage. So they were praising God there in the first 21 verses of Exodus chapter 15. But if you're, you're willing and able to, to stand with me as we read Exodus chapter 15, we're going to read um, a verse here. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness. This is verse 22. They went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as I come to you this morning, I just thank you so much for your blessings. I thank you for your love and your patience and just your faithfulness, Lord. As, as your people, sometimes we can struggle with, with the things that we see in this world, and Lord, and just uh, the uncertainty. Lord, we know one thing is certain, that you are good, that you love this world so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for us Lord we know that your word is truth and I pray that this this morning that we would just draw truth and, and draw from your spirit as, you, as it leads today let our hearts and minds be open to what you're teaching pray that you would just forgive me of my sins calm my nerves and just open our hearts Lord let your people draw closer to you in your name we pray amen If you've had kids, children, and you've ever been in the car for more than five minutes, you've heard the question, are we there yet? Or I'm hungry, or I'm thirsty. You've heard all of those complaints. This, this journey that the nation of Israel is on is a much bigger journey than a simple car ride. They've been on this journey for some time now, and they've just 
experienced what we would call a miracle in that they crossed a sea across dry land and their enemy is swallowed up by the very same sea. And three days later, there's no water. And so when they came to the place in verse 23, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Complaining. How, how quickly do people do, dare I say, God's people be quick to complain after God has already shown himself faithful? Because something does not happen in our timing or the way that we want. We're so quick to, to, to get there to that place of complaining. Verse 24, the people were grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Moses, he was the leader of the nation at this time. He said, then he cried out to the Lord. So he goes to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the water became sweet. There he made for them a statute and a regulation. And there he tested them. As what any leader should do and as what, it, what the people of God should do is go to the Lord in prayer. The, you know, there's a lesson here in, in, in complaining one to another is probably not the best solution. Because mankind, we only have so much that we can actually do. But we have this avenue by which we can talk to the God of the universe that can do anything. Yet we choose to complain one to another. Sometimes, not all the time. In verse 26, and he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commands and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases which you uh, on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Isn't that a great promise right there? They, they've literally just seen, that they've gone through in a, in a short space of time, they've seen two amazing Old Testament miracles that God has done and he's performed on them with the, the, the ten plagues, then the, the, the parting of the Red Sea, they are on an exciting journey. Can we agree on that? They are on an exciting journey, and God is here, and he gives them this promise that, look, if you will do as I have asked you to do, none of that bad stuff is going to happen. Do we trust God? As we look at, it, at them, I don't think that they trusted God because they were so quick to complain, and so almost eager to to take the negative look but God has promised to take care of them and he says for I am the Lord am your healer that's Jehovah Rapha I am the, your healer verse 27 then they came to Elim where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms and they camped there beside the water so they are sent out from the Red Sea into the wilderness of Shur three days no water they finally come to a place where there's some bitter water. God makes it uh, sweet. There's the promise from God. And then off to Elim. As refreshing as Elim, excuse me if I may not say that right, but it looks like Elim to me. Or Elim, maybe Elim. Uh, but as refreshing as Elim sounds, this was not their destination. They had to keep moving forward. 
Now, if you've ever been on a journey and, and you've got a destination and you've got a pit stop along the way, and you're like, it's really nice here. You don't let the, 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 the niceness or the, the beauty of the pit stop deter you from your destination, right? Right? Okay, now looking for a little bit of interaction. I, I know that, you know, we've been look, watching, you know, services and stuff on the screen, but, you know, when we're all back together, we can, we can, you know, have a little bit of interaction here. That's okay. You know, we don't allow a, the beauty of a, of, a, of a pit stop to deter us from our destination. Um, it, usually every summer, and we're hoping to do it this summer too, uh, my wife's family goes fishing over in the June Lake, Silver Lake um, loop area. And so the way that we travel is we go through Yosemite. We don't let the beauty of Yosemite deter us. We might stop and look and, and get out of the car for a little bit and, and look at the beauty, but we don't let that stop us from get going to where we're headed. What we're seeing here in this, in this passage so far is that God is providing for them the things that they need. He's taking care of the water. Um, Psalm 34.10 says that the, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But when they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of anything or any good thing. From, from Jesus' own mouth in Matthew 6. It says, do not worry then, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows what, that your need, excuse me, knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think we, that last verse, I think we can kind of, that should resonate with us right now because each day it's like, what's going to happen today? Philippians 4.19, these are just other passages that, that just remind us of what we've seen in, this, in the account of what we're reading in Exodus. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Now, did he supply their needs the way that they wanted? Probably not. But they got their needs. They got the water that they needed. In later chapters, you'll see that he provided the manna, the quail. He provided for, for their needs. The Lord provides for those who are his. He takes care of the needs. He doesn't promise to give all the wants. He doesn't promise necessarily to fill the storehouses so that we have so much abundance that we don't need anything else for a long period of time. Has the Lord provided for your needs today? Can I hear an amen because the Lord has provided and is providing for your needs? Amen. All right. Next, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 16 where uh, present. God is present. 16.1, it says, They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of sin which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. 15th day of the second month after their departure. They've been on this journey for a couple months. 
as a nation, we've kind of been on a little bit of a journey here for a couple of months. The, the longest period of time that I've traveled was um, my, my second mission trip to the Philippines. I, 40 hours of travel. It was exhausting. But 40 hours in two days after you know a good night of rest, you're fine. But two and a half or several months here, they've been traveling. And I traveled in an airplane, they're walking. There's a little bit of a difference there. I can understand that they were exhausted. We, I was exhausted, but they were much more exhausted. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, again with the whining. Now, I'll just ask this question, those that have been parents, if you've ever had a child that whines a lot about all the little details, how do you get them to stop? I got one that likes to whine at all the little things. And it's just like, again, we're whining and we're whining. It's just nothing is ever good enough. But the whole congregation of the sons of Israel is grumbling. They are complaining against Moses and Aaron again. Verse 3, the sons of Israel said to them, What that we had died, or would that ye, we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out of the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Can't, don't you just like shake your head thinking about this? Right? Because I asked that you know, we try to transform ourselves or, or um, put ourselves in their situation again with the complaining. Now, now it's not just complaining, but it's almost a longing to go back into bondage and then that, that right now this moment is going to be the end. They, they thought that right now was going to be the end, but the grace of God continues. In verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, and if you know the story, you're probably already smiling and laughing because you know what they're going to do. On the sixth day, when they uh, prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses, this, this was so that they would not gather on the seventh day. The seventh day was supposed to be a day of rest. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? We're, we're, just, we're just servants. Why are you complaining against us? Talk to God is what he's telling them to do. Isn't this how it happens sometimes, though? The Lord blesses. He provides that time of refreshment. We put our guard down, and the enemy moves in and distracts, discourages, um, gets us into that mindset of complaining. Complaining what we think we don't have, what we want that we don't really need. Sin has entered in. Verse 10, And it came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. The Lord, Jehovah, was with them. He is reminding them, look, 
I'm the same guy. This is this would be like God talking down to the nation of Israel. I'm the same guy that took you out of Egypt, that did ten crazy plagues, where you walked across the the, the Red Sea, and I've provided for you every step of the way. But the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So there, there, there. He's God is giving them this moment in time where they can look and see the glory of God in a cloud as a reminder look I'm still with you is God here with you this morning Isaiah 41 and 10 says do not fear for I am with you do not anxiously look about you for I am your God I will strengthen you surely I will help you surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst. A victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. If you believe that the Lord is with you, can I hear an amen? amen. All right. God is, is showing himself to the nation of Israel in so many ways. And next we're going to see that he's showing that he's going to protect them. In chapter 17, and this is like, when, when this, is, as this was kind of formulating for me, I was like, three chapters of Exodus in one message? Wow. Because... Some of this can be broken down so much, but I think that the, what I'm hoping that we can see is, yes, there are moments of time where we can get frustrated and have the uncertainty and not know what is going on in this crazy world. But when we're able to take a different perspective and step back and look at, at this crazy time that they're going through, hopefully that can bring us a little bit of hope for this crazy time our world is in today. In 17.1, it says, then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of sin according to the command of the Lord and camped in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, here we go again. This is like three chapters in a row. Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Verse 3, But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do to these people? A little more, and they will stone me. Again, people complaining at man and not going to God. Complaining at a leader and not going to God. And Moses, then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff which you struck the Nile and go. I think we have this image in our minds of what Moses looked like, at least, you know, because there's been movies and things like that. As this older guy... Maybe a long white beard. He's got that staff and he's walking through. And I just, the way that I picture this 
is he's walking before them with, with some of the other leaders, and he's walking, and it's like, okay, Moses is moving, so the attention is kind of going to him. What's he going to do? We've complained. God has provided. But what's he going to do now? It says in, in verse 6, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. What kind of a sight would this have been? Moses to walk up to a rock, strike it with this rod, water starts flowing out of there. Now, I don't know precisely how many people were there. I believe that the estimates range anywhere from 200,000 to 2 million. I tend to think that there was more than 200,000 people there. I think there was a, a lot. Um, but for that many people and livestock to drink and satisfy their thirst, there had to be a tremendous amount of water. He named the place uh, Massah and Meribah because the quarrel of the sons of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? At times of confusion, times of maybe even uh, thirst, spiritual thirst, we might ask that question, Is the Lord among us or not? There, there are people in this world that are doubting and questioning and saying, if God was God and, and God was this person that you say that he is, why would he allow these things? Is he really here? There's people that there's arguments that are being made. And the Lord's provision is in their doubt. We ought to have hope. We ought to know that, yes, the Lord allows the struggles at times because he wants us to focus back on him. But this point is not about his provision. This is about his protection. So we have to keep reading. In verse 17, or verse 8, excuse me. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. Wait a second. Moses strikes a rock. The nation of Israel is already tired and hungry. And they've been journeying for this long period of time. And now that they're getting refreshed... Now they're going to get attacked. I believe it's like a distant cousin type. But it's, they're, they're getting attacked. The nation of Israel is not warriors. They're, they've been in bondage for 400 plus years. They're farmers and brick makers. Now they're getting attacked. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Moses did, or Joshua did as Moses told him, and fought against Amalek. Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur uh, supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other, and his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. A group of farmers and brickmakers just beat some warriors. No, that's not really the truth of that situation is, is it? That's what people might look at and think, but that's not the reality. The reality is that God was on their side. 
Then the Lord said to Moses in verse 14, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner, or Jehovah Nisi. And he said, The Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner, my flag. That's such an interesting statement to make. Because in a world that we live in where where we we see a lot of self-promotion, whether it's athletes or or people, celebrities, whatever it is, there's a lot of self-promotion, promoting themselves, saying, look at me, look what I've done. Look at the, the last name on the back of my shirt. But the Lord is my banner. You think of a flag. And one of the, the best images that I can think of is when the Olympics are there. And when, when you see that athlete that wins, a lot of times they will go and get the, their flag and they will put their, that on their back. Because it's not about them. It's about the country. It's about what the flag stands for, the freedom that is there. When he's saying the Lord is my banner, he's saying the Lord is why we serve. The Lord is why we won. Moses is recognizing the, 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 the strength, the deity, the power of God in this moment. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Psalm 138 and 7 Though I walk through the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Your right hand will save me. See, this is the part that the Lord take, takes care of. He takes care of his provision. His, or he, he provides. His presence is with his people. And he protects them. If you have ever found yourself in a situation... Or, or you are, you have recognized, you know full well that logic would suggest that you should not be here today, but you have seen God's protection in your life. Can, you, can I hear an amen? If we're here and we know that God is there, he, he has protected us, He is with us, He has provided for us, shouldn't, our, shouldn't we be confident during these times? Shouldn't we be understanding these times and placing our hope in these times when the, when the world wants to be, I'll just say chaotic. We don't have to be that way. Shouldn't that, isn't that, isn't that a little bit, bring us a little bit of peace? Because we know who, who our Lord is. We know that he lives. See, if that's the Lord's part, what's our part? Are you on that journey to a promised land with them? What's your your destination? Is it heaven? Is it hell? Do you know? You can know. See, if your destination is hell, you need to be looking at what's going on in this world right now and be make sure that you get right with the Lord so that you're you're on the right path.
recognizing that the blood that Jesus said on the cross covered our sin, that the same sin that everybody's got that started from Adam all the way down. That sin separates us, but the, the, the blood that he shed covers our sins if we're willing to uh, repent and confess him. If your destination is heaven, Colossians 3.1 says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Look up. Can we, can, we, can we look up during this time and look up to God and just realize the, the power that he has, the love that he has for us, and, and rejoice in that? See, trust is essential. You have to trust where you're going. Trust that God is taking care of us through the process, through the journey. Faith is essential. But something that Moses did, and Moses had, and he showed that we can all take home today. Prayer. Prayer is essential. Moses was, was a praying man. You see that when they would come to him with, with issues and complaints and, and all of that, he prayed. He was also very patient to put up with these people for this amount of time. We see in the, in the beginning of 15, there was praise was there. We can praise God. So we can pray, we can be patient, and we can praise. So in looking at this, and I'm going to ask you to consider where you're at now. What is your hope in? Where is your trust at? And I'll ask that as we stand and get ready for a song of invitation. Consider where you're at. i got to consider where I'm at. Where is God taking you? Do you trust him? I mean really trust him. Like the childlike trust. They can get in the car and they don't have to worry about where they're going because they know who's got the wheel. Their parents. When we get in the car with the Lord, we know God's got the wheel. We just got to trust where he's taking us. The people of Israel weren't sure that they wanted to keep going to experience all that God had for them. It made their journey a little bouncier. Bumps, U-turns, and detours are part of it. What about you? Do you want to experience all that God has for you or just the fun stuff? Do you want, are you looking forward to that time when he comes back and he takes his, his children home? You're looking forward to that time in, in heaven where the aches and the pains and all of the complaints that we would have in this world are gone. And it's just a time of rejoicing the Lord. If you're looking forward to that time, then the bumps and the bruises that we go through now, they're worth it because we know the hope we have. So I'll ask as the song leader comes, as we have a time of invitation, that you reflect on where God has you. And maybe there's somebody you know that, that needs a prayer. Maybe there's somebody that we all know that needs a prayer. That, that our hearts and minds would be in tune to what God is doing and we would make the necessary course corrections in our life. Thank you.